Hey, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my Up Podcast. Today I want to talk about our Father. Of course, I mean our Heavenly Father. Many of us had fathers that weren't so great, I'm, I'm aware of that. But we can all conceive of what a perfect father would be like, and if anybody's a perfect father, it's our Father in Heaven. You know, the Father, your Heavenly Father loves you. Always. Not only that, He likes you. Did you know that, that God likes you? And he wants to be near you. What do you think this great commission is all about, right? He wants to be close to all of us. And he's into what you're into. I mean, God is interested in your your life situations and your likes and your dislikes and the little things and the big things. When I was a kid, and I, I had a really great father, I have to say. I got this hankering. I think I must have been around 10 years old, and I wanted to have pigeons. And the pigeons, the kind of pigeons I wanted to have were those homing pigeons, you know, they call them racing homers. But they're, they're birds that can, you actually can take them as far as 500 miles away and farther, release them, and they'll beat you home. I mean, they are so fast. They just want to get home. So I was fascinated by this whole concept. And, and so I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want to get some homing pigeons. And my dad, I'll tell you, honestly, my dad was not the kind of person that was into birds or into animals in general, you know. But I want to tell you, he spent money and a lot of days with me building that, what they called a loft. It's a big pigeon coop, you know. Uh, and so I could put all my birds in it, help me build these little nest boxes where they could all make their nests and have babies, and a special trap door where the birds go in can't get out, and you release them every day, and they fly around a little bit, and then they come back in, then they stay in. My dad spent so much time helping me build this thing, and I knew he had no interest in these birds at all. But you know what it is? He was interested in me, and he loved me, and if I was interested in it, then he was interested in helping me with it. And that's kind of what a perfect father is like, right? A caring, loving person who is interested in everything you're doing and wants your life to be happy and to be better. So I made some points. I just wrote down some points here about what a father is like, what a perfect father is like, what our heavenly father is like. And so that we can get a grasp, perhaps, on some of the Bible promises where God states himself what he's like and what he promises as our father. First of all, a father protects I'll never forget the day I first became a father. We named our little girl Summer, and oh my gosh, a new instinct arose in me, and it was the instinct to protect this little, tiny, helpless life. I, uh, this is an atypical behavior for me, but I am a hunter, and I had a 12-gauge shotgun, and I remember loading that shotgun and sliding it under my side of the bed just in case we ever had an intruder and needed to protect our little girl. Now, you know, I long ago abandoned that practice, but it just illustrates how protective suddenly I felt of my little daughter. And you want to know something. God is protective of you. Psalm 91.10 says this, No evil will befall you. That's God talking. He's going to protect you from all evil. Zechariah 2.5, he says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around you. And in Zechariah 2.8, he says, He who touches you touches the apple of my eye. And do you know what the apple of your eye is? It's the pupil of your eye. 
Think of how protective you are of the pupil of your eye. God says, he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, he says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and keep you safe from the evil one. Also in Isaiah 46, 3, God says, listen to me. I have cared for you from the time you were born. I am your God and I will take care of you until you're old and your hair is gray. I made you and will care for you and I will give you help and rescue you. That's God's promise to us, to keep us, to protect us. The second thing I want to point out here is that a father provides. As a little kid, I had no worries about provision. In fact, my only concern was about getting to the table on time because the food was going to be there. I had someone who provided for me. I wasn't worried about whether or not I was going to have clothes. I wasn't worried about whether or not uh, I would have any of the things I needed in life because my dad saw to it that we always had enough. And God promises that for you as well. Matthew 6.25, and it goes on through uh, verse 33, says this. This is Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What do we eat? What do we drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. You see, God's going to take care of us, and not because we've earned it, and not because we've deserved it, but because we're his. Psalm 37, 25, David says this, I have been young, and now I'm old, and yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed baking bread. Philippians 4, 19 says, and this is a promise, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I love it that he says, according to his riches, not just according to our needs, you know, because we have a generous father. Thirdly, a father forgives. Now, when my daughter was about five years old, she had a little friend named Brian who lived in a house near to us, close enough that they could walk back and forth and visit with each other. And they got into mischief together occasionally, and I'll never forget one particular event. I had this little project it was the first time I'd ever tried to grow vegetables. So I planted some tomatoes, probably some peppers. I don't remember all the details, but uh, my special pride and joy was that I planted some watermelon seeds. Now, I don't know if any of y'all have ever tried to grow watermelons, but uh, I want to tell you they grow slowly. We had already picked all the tomatoes and whatever else was growing in that garden but with that one little watermelon vine was still trying to squeeze out the watermelons. 
And I remember seeing them. They first appeared, you know, they were really tiny, and then they grew to the size of golf balls. I think there were two of them. And uh, then eventually, you know, the size of a softball, and it got a little bit bigger. And I think it was about the time that they were a little smaller, well, smaller than a basketball. And uh, I could tell that they weren't quite ready. They were probably still green inside, and they... The outside was just beginning to make them look like a real watermelon, but I was getting excited because I knew maybe a month or so more and they'd be full-on watermelons all red and juicy, and I would have grown them myself. Well, one afternoon I heard a little knock on the door, and there were Summer and Brian. At the front door, Brian was holding the watermelon, and Summer said, Daddy, look, we picked your watermelon for you. Oh, inside my heart was just crushed. But you know, it wasn't hard to forgive Summer. She never even knew I was upset. She was just so cute and proud about picking that little watermelon that I just, you know, my heart just poured out toward them with love. And you know, I think the Father sees us make mistakes and sometimes we do things that really disappoint Him. But the wonderful thing about it is, He loves us so much that He forgives. He loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, that we would never have to bear His wrath over anything. Yeah, a father forgives. Psalm 103.3, this is where God promises that He will forgive all your sins. He says all of them, including the ones you can't forgive yourself of. And it goes on in verses 11 through 13 to say, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And fourthly, a father loves. And that's the root of all this, isn't it? John 3.16 God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Now, we all know this verse, and uh, most of us learned it (laughs) the day we got born again or earlier. And I had known this verse for a few years. I'd been saved about five years, I think, when a weird little question began to arise in my heart about it. And I know this is an odd thing, but I began to wonder if God loved me as an individual. I mean, I know he loved the whole world as a whole, you know, but what about each? I knew he loved all of us, but does he love each of us? Did he love David Stearman? And so, I mean, this had been bugging me for a a period of time, and so I finally just went straight to God about it. And I said, God, do you love me? I know you love the whole world, but do you love David Stearman? I prayed this, and I waited for an answer, didn't hear anything. Anyway, that evening, I got ready and went to this prayer meeting and sat down. Um, It was a home prayer meeting and sat down in the house, and I remember there was a, a girl up front that was leading praise and worship, and her name was Sarah Lindley. still remember that name because she had this beautiful guitar. Uh, I really, it was the prettiest guitar I'd ever seen in my life. It was a, an acoustic guitar, and it had a finish that looked almost like walnut. The whole guitar was just beautiful. That one color, finished wood, so gorgeous. 
And I thought, wow, I wish I had a guitar like that. I really would love to have a guitar like that. So I, I got this great idea. And this was a very casual meeting. Like I said, it was a home meeting. So people would speak up and they would talk and they would give testimonies. But I did an odd thing when we got to a quiet place during the praise and worship. I raised my hand and I said, Sarah, would you ever be interested in selling that guitar? I remember she looked down at the guitar and she looked back at me and she said, I don't know, possibly. Let's talk. Let's talk about it afterward. And so the prayer meeting went on. And uh, when the prayer meeting finally wrapped up, I remember that there was this other guy. His name's John Fitzgerald. Yes, I remember his name too. Because I saw him lean over and discuss something with Sarah. Then he picked up the guitar, walked back to where I was sitting, and handed it to me and said, Here, David, it's yours. Well, I was just overwhelmed. Evidently, he'd made some deal with Sarah and to buy the guitar from her, and they'd walked back and just given the guitar to me. I, I, of course, thanked him profusely and went home that night and played that guitar and played it for days afterwards. And um, we used to have this big, this is at Oral Roberts University, we used to have this big evening prayer meeting on Sunday nights called, we called it Vespers. It was kind of like a Vespers service, but it was really just a Holy Ghost service. And I used to play guitar for that. Uh, I I remember that night, I it was just before the service started, and I was so proud because I was going to get to play beautiful guitar when I saw John walk in. And of course, I waved to him, and he came up, and I said, John, I, I got to tell you, I think I'm going to have to give this guitar back to you. I just feel guilty. I can tell that you paid a price to get it, and then you gave it freely to me, and I just it's just not right. And John, it's like he held up his hand like I was poisonous or something, and he said, no, 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 no. He said, I will not take that guitar back. He said, God told me to give that guitar to you, and he also told me to tell you something. He told me to tell you he loves you. So I guess you can understand now why I remember these people's names, because God used them to declare his love for me, to tell me, and to show me how much he loves me individually. And see, God made you as an individual, and he loves you as an individual. And he loves you so much, honestly, that he would do just about anything for you. Matter of fact, Romans 8.32 says that. It says, He that spared not his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things or anything? You know, I'll just close with this. This one's going a little long, but I can't help myself. I remember once I was up in Nebraska, we had gone up to hear some new guy named Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. But uh, I remember that right before we left for the meeting, I was walking out the door by myself, and I can't remember what it was, but there was something I wanted God to do for me. And I was kind of begging and whining in my prayer. Have you ever done that? Prayed a whiny, begging prayer. Well, that's what I was doing. I was praying, oh, God, please do this. Please, God, please do this. And I just remember that I put my hand on the doorknob. And as I opened the door, I heard the Lord speak back to me. And he said, David, I'd do anything for you. And I was just kind of blown away. Because the scripture really does say that, you know. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name... I will do it. It's just that it was in that moment that I realized 
that God really meant that. And he means that not just for me, but for you too. Because you see, God is a generous father. And he's a father who loves, loves, loves us. And he loves you. David Stearman Ministries is a missionary ministry. We take the good news of Jesus wherever we can, from the jungles of South America to Mexico to the Philippines, over the European continent and places beyond. And we'd love it if you'd partner with us in this task. If you'd like to help, just text GIVE to 513-296-8810 and enter the amount you'd like to sow. That's it. And thanks so much for helping us help others.